That's Ted Roof, defensive coordinator, inside backer coach. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to know a whole lot about your players until you're out there on the field with them in practice. You can watch film of them the previous year in a different system. Those are snapshots. You can watch them in workouts and in the type of effort they give and everything like that. But until you're out there in the mix playing football in somewhat live action, I mean, practice isn't live action, but it's live in a sense that you've got to make quick decisions. You have to... um, you have to know what you're doing. You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to get lined up. You you have to be able to, at, after the snap, play with technique, pursue the football properly, uh, angles, all of that stuff. And you have to be able to do that whenever you get tired and out of breath and maybe tweak an ankle or bang up a shoulder. That's how you finally evaluate your players like any almost anyone in college football can be good for a couple of snaps whenever they're fresh whenever they're not injured whenever all of the outside you know interference is limited right like perfect scenario most guys can can be good but you need a guy that plays at a high level no matter what time it is, no matter what the conditions are, no matter uh, how exhausted, no matter how banged up, and those guys are rare. And you've got to be able to weed out the guys that can only do it whenever it's perfect and find the guys that can do it consistently no matter what the environment is. And you can't do that until you get your eyes on those guys out in practice. He also, so, he also yeah. talked a lot about depth. And, I mean, that's the number one ingredient to winning a national championship, right? Like, we we tend to focus on who the starting 22 is, but we really can't be moving forward looking at multiple positions, especially defensively, and say, well, this guy who's going to start, he's pretty good. I mean, we're still waiting for it. He's pretty good. But, God, Teddy, if this guy goes down, it could be a disaster. It's not yeah. really how national championship teams look like. So, he's talking about depth and – yeah, I, I mean, we've known this for a while, but they've got to develop depth before they're ready to win a, you know, number eight for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, look at Alabama last year. Now, I don't know that they beat Georgia if they're full strength, but like that played a huge factor was injuries down the stretch for them, two, right? Two key wide receivers. Their best two wide receivers were out, and Bama didn't have enough. If those two guys are healthy, I do think Alabama wins the national championship last year. I'll go on yeah, so on that. you know, injuries are are a big factor, and I, I'm not saying that. Well, actually, I will say it because it's exactly what Nick Saban said, right? He said the guys that are filling in for them weren't ready, right? Yeah, they had their opportunity, and they weren't ready, and they weren't prepared to go out there and make a difference. Now, you know, that's that's Saban saying that, and who knows what the reality is? But you know, that's that's kind of the thing is. The more depth you have, I mean, sometimes if you lose a guy for a season, like a special player that is, uh, you know, a massive part of your team, either offensively or defensively, there's just some there's some guys that no matter what your depth is, you can't replace them if they're a real difference maker. But 
you know, if you lose a guy for a game, a half, you know, like a small stretch, and you can have a guy that, that fills in and there's not a whole lot of fall off and it's not so much that you get big plays from them, it's that you don't get screw-ups. You don't, like, that position doesn't cost you. And, you know, some positions are are further away from that than others. Like, if you have a big injury to your stud corner, and now you're on your third corner, well, you know, if you have a guy that can go out there and do a good job, you know, give up some catches but doesn't get beat on three deep balls within a game, well, that's that's what you need yeah. depth-wise. That actually like happened, to o- that happened to OU in 08 against Texas. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, he went yeah. down in the game and – Brandon Crow was in, and they ran Jordan Shipley just kind of right over the middle and ate him alive and ended up winning that day. So yeah. we, we've seen it happen, unfortunately. Hey, um, here's something interesting via The Athletic. They did a Big 12 fan survey. So we're talking about, yeah. like, coach approval ratings, future realignment hopes, like all that. Um, according to The Athletic, they surveyed more than 1,500 fans of Big 12 schools. To which I said, huh, must have been a lot of OU and Texas fans if you surveyed that many. <laughs> but they had the breakdown. Uh, 16% of the fans surveyed are OU fans. 14.8% fans are Cincinnati. They include Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, UCF, whatever. So out of the 1,500-plus fans that were surveyed, who will win the Big 12 in 2022? OU led the vote at 35.1%. Baylor was next at 32.3. Then we have a big drop-off. Oklahoma State at 20%. Texas at 7.5%. Yeah. Uh, Texas at 7.5%. Uh-huh. No Kansas State? Kansas State was at 1.1%. Yeah. Which, you know, I think Kansas, or excuse me, Kansas State is probably that next team. I think OU won. Agree. I, th- I think probably Baylor too, and then I I guess I'll give edge Oklahoma State. Maybe I shouldn't, but Oklahoma State and K State right there. I think K State's like, going to be better than OSU this year, so I'd actually put K State third. I do too, but I man, it would be a wild scenario if we saw Kansas State win the Big Twelve, right? Like even make the Big 12 championship would be would be big time for them. Yeah, I would have said the same thing about Baylor, though, last year. Definitely. I, I feel like yeah. how but we... At least Baylor's played in it before. When's the last... Kansas State hadn't been there since well, 2000? 20, 2012, they quote-unquote split with OU to win it. Right. But there wasn't a championship game. Other than that... Championship well, game, 03. 03, remember that yeah, one? Yeah, wasn't it? It was amazing how I had memory hold that and b- went right over God, good, to 2000. Good for you for not remembering that 28-point beatdown. So, yeah, we, we, we think pretty similar on that. Um, this one was interesting. How would you rate your happiness with your team's head coach right now on a scale of 1 to 10? Of course, 10 being the happiest. If you had to guess, where do you think OU fan right now, if you could average it all out, where the happiness would be? Like what number? Okay, now, 
are you asking me what I think OU fans think, or are you asking me what The Athletic is reporting? Because I think they're probably two different things. They, I think that they are two different things. What, did you, what do you think the fan base would say? Tens across the board? Like nine. So Luke Fickle has the highest average score of 9.96. That's pretty close to a 10. Okay. Dave Aranda at Baylor, 9.76. Matt Campbell at 9.36. Joey McGuire at 9.24. Kalani Sataki at BYU at 9.21. Then finally we get to Brent Venable's 9.18 happiness scale, allegedly with the fans that they've surveyed. The one, two, yeah. three, four, five, sixth highest in the Big Twelve right now. That that seems hard to believe for me. Yeah, but it makes sense, and I'll tell you why. All of those schools that you read off, maybe not BYU, but like Cincinnati, like they just played in a playoff. Best and season they've ever had was last. Best year. season they've ever had, like. There's people trying to poach their coach. Like, that's not shocking. Baylor, same thing. Best season ever they ever had. Yeah, I, Baylor's a little more shocking, but like Iowa State, these places that have that rarely are good, and then all of a sudden they are, and they've got a great coach, and that coach is you're wondering if he's going to be bailing on you and taking a better job somewhere. Like, those aren't shocking. And I think Oklahoma's score is, is pretty good, considering. It's pretty good. I, I thought it was just going to be a little bit higher because all we ever hear is praise from OU fans on how awesome the hire is. By the way. Yeah, but but you, you have to realize, like, the scale for fan bases is different. I, oh, no, 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 o, I understand OU that. fans will never give a 10 to a coach unless – that coach has won a national championship. No, not, no, I hear you. By the way, you know uh, what I'm saying? 14 coaches are on here. Neil Brown is last at West Virginia, uh, 5.20. Sonny Dykes at TCU, 6.64. He's a first-year head coach. Then we get to Steve Sarkeesian, 7.01. Wow. Uh, who is the Big 12's most underrated coach? This is underrated. Dave Aranda, 1. Mike Gundy, 2. Lance Leopold, 3. Steve Sarkeesian I, is last. I think it's got to be. Um, I I would say I would say Gundy, man. I would say Gundy. I, I Gundy go, has. I go Dave Aranda. Yeah. Do you really think he's underrated, though? I well, I, I certainly thought he was going into last year. I know winning a. Big 12 championship and a Sugar Bowl can change that. But if, if he is still considered as underrated, then yes, I do. Yeah, I think he's the best. I think I think Gundy I think Gundy may be the most underrated coach in all of college football. Woo! Whoa! Someone trying to play to the OSU crowd today. Dang. No, I no, I'm not. Think about it, man. You remember that graphic not too long ago that they ran about the different tiers of of like wins. You have like Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Uh, there was maybe one other school in there that had won. Maybe it was a hundred. I don't remember what the number was that had won over X amount of games in the last decade. 
And then the next tier was like Oklahoma State was in the next tier. You'd al- like, you'd also acknowledge though that okay, it's going to sound like I'm taking it away from them, but it, it's been a pretty good situation in this conference recently to rack up wins. That's I think that's fair to say. Well, yeah, and he has. But it's been a good situation to rack up wins for a bunch of teams in the Big 12, and they haven't been able to do it. I know. All, all I'm saying is if you if Oklahoma State was ever going to rack up a lot of wins in the conference, these past few years have been the years to do it. But fair enough, same no. thing is true for Texas, and Texas hasn't been able to do it. Right. And, you know, it, it's also been a great time to rack up wins in the Pac-12, and no one's been able to do it. It's been a great time to rack up wins in the ACC. Uh, Clemson has done it. Nobody else has been able to. Hell, North Carolina's starting to make a run in the ACC. Wake Forest. Yeah. But no one else. Miami can't, and Florida State can't. You know, some of those those football schools down there aren't able to do it. So, it, Gundy's been unbelievably consistent. Uh, and te- unbelievably entertaining yeah, throughout well, the uh, the time as well. Text line says Gundy is the most underrated farmer and rancher that also coaches D one football. Fair point. Yeah, I you remember Major League whenever Lou also worked at the tire shop and had another guy on the line about some white walls. Gundy's like he's a he's a throwback rancher and. Head coach at the at the local university. It's like something out of the seventies. Like a uh, four star linebacker calls him, gets his direct sell line. Well, I gotta finish cutting this hay there in this video. You know what I mean? He, he sounds like Lou Brown when he got a call to coach the or manage the Indians. Just lost Teddy. Uh, we'll get him back momentarily. No, I'm here. Sorry, I was uh, I was talking to the IT guys here. They're helping me out. Um, I could just picture a. I could picture a uh, a scenario where, like, Gundy's hosting a recruit. Well, come on out to the ranch. We got some stuff. And, and like, has him, has him uh, bail some hay with him and feed the cows and move Sarah the turtle over to her, her different, you know, part of the pen that, that afternoon. That's how he's going to get recruits uh, out by, on the ranch. By the way, uh, most overrated on this list, uh, yeah, you guessed it, was Steve Sarkeesian. He better have a good year. I, he, here's the thing. He may be in an he's in an awful situation. I yeah. think that he's got a quarterback that is way overhyped, but the you, you know, they they think that he's going to change the world offensively for Texas. It's a I think he's in a terrible situation. They expect Quinn Ewers to come in and be the next greatest thing to Vince Young, but this guy's overhyped. He's not going to live up to that. Therefore, it's going to crash and burn this year. They're gonna they're gonna chew him up and spit him out in Austin. Yeah, I man, I think about that situation. If if Sarkeesian, like if there's honestly pressure because of nil or whatever reason to play Quinn Ewers and he's not the best guy, you gotta you gotta like. I don't know if you got to hold a meeting, or or what you got to do with uh, the donors, but you you can't you can't just play him because people are pressuring you to. 
There's no way you can do that. It's That's going to be a disaster for them. And can you imagine having that much on the line? Uh, like, seriously considering maybe your job on the line on a kid that hasn't thrown a take hasn't even taken a meaningful snap in college football yet i no no i can't but you know what at some point you just say i just want to be rid of this mess i'll take the buyout money from texas whatever i think there's i think there's a chance if it go if they roll off another five and seven and if they don't get arch manning which i don't think they're going to there's a chance this could be his last year in Austin. I wouldn't be well, shocked if that's thing the with, case. Here's the thing with Arch Manning. It doesn't it doesn't make it any better with Arch Manning. It's probably worse. You know, because if you can't win with Arch Manning, it doesn't matter how good he is. With that last name, it's going to look like it's your fault. Yeah. Well, by the way, he's visiting Texas this weekend on an unofficial and, like, the vibe out of UT is this is a, quote, seismic moment for the future of Texas football. Like, one of their recruiting guys says, wow, this is a big moment. I haven't felt this way since Vince Young was being recruited. And I just laughed to Parker about it because they honestly think, Teddy, if they were able to land Arch Manning, that cures all of their problems. And, and that's the whole ordeal down there. They think it's just as easy of a fix as, well – We'll get an elite quarterback through recruiting. All our problems are fixed. Then off we'll go. They don't recognize right. what a cesspool it is there. It's right. embarrassing. Well, it, you know, having an elite quarterback does go a long way. Like whenever they've had elite quarterbacks there, they've been really, really good. And it's been they, over 10 they years have ago. not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it's been that long since they've had one. Um. I, you know, it, it's, it, there's a lot of similarities, it sounds like, to like the Chris Sims situation, right? You yeah. got like a legacy type name. Yeah, Major Applewhite is, you know, maybe the better player, but Chris Sims has the last name Sims, maybe has a higher upside, maybe has a better arm. I mean, it, it just, they've got a quarterback can help change things. There's no doubt. And that's probably ingredient number one or number two. But there's so many more issues going on down there. It's just laughable that they think a 5-7 and seven season can be turned around just if Quinn Ewers is a really good quarterback. That's it, it, I don't know. It, it's very telling as to how they think things operate. Right. Well, how do you <laughs> – I mean, let's say Arch Manning does go there. You think, like I would, I would guess one of the conditions for Arch Manning is going to be that he plays right away, right? Um, that's whether it's said verbally or not. That's probably going to be understood. Yes. Right. Right. So, imagine how if you're one of the quarterbacks there on campus right now, how you're feeling. I, I mean that in, that kind of change. Let's say Arch Manning commits to Texas this weekend or whatever. Just just for argument's sake. I mean, that's going to affect the locker room right there with the way that the quarterback sure. approaches next season. Yeah. The quarterback's not approaching next season to go win a championship. The quarterback's approaching next season to set himself up to go transfer somewhere. Yeah, well, right? once they're bad again this year, they're they're not going to Texas. Bama or Georgia, but not, not UT. I don't think that's happening. So this seismic yep. moment that you're waiting on, sorry, Horns. He's going elsewhere. 
Well, and I love that they're also setting themselves up. Like, if you're saying it's a seismic moment and he doesn't go there, what does that what does that leave you? <laughs> right? Right, exactly. All right, I quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Newcastle Casino today, I-44 exit 107. Off-track betting up and running, 12 flat-screen TVs. They got live tellers plus the self-service kiosk. They got happy hour. Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., 350 Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra cans, and $5 wells out here at Newcastle Casino. Come see us. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Thursday. Fun little fact about Cavens. They are the newest sponsor of the Diamond Envy podcast. Huh? How about that? Wow. Gary and the team. Yeah, that's right. Sponsoring the Diamond Envy podcast, the OU softball podcast that I host. So appreciate Gary and the team, Cavens Construction, for uh, partnering with the podcast. I'm actually ho- uh, talking to Hope Trout Wine. As soon as we get off the air today for the next episode, so appreciate. Very uh, nice. Yeah, appreciate Cavens. Give him a call 405-573-3048. So also you can call him nine one eight two eight two seventy six twelve. I'm really excited to watch uh, Coach K's last game at Duke tonight. I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Calling the calling the L, huh? Yeah. I wonder if he's going to shake uh, Mark Adams' hand after he loses. I wonder if he's going to ridicule the. Duke student section and the Duke fans. Um, I'm I expecting... think he's going to walk out there, grab a microphone, and blame it on the officials. <laughs> Would that surprise you, though, if he did that tonight? I mean, come on. Uh, I don't know. I I don't have the deep hatred for uh, Coach K that you do. I don't have any deep hatred. It's just the way that he's handled everything this year. It's I've always disliked Duke, don't get me wrong, but never really had an issue with Coach K, but... Mad at North Carolina because they didn't do anything. The way right. you know the way that he's treated student reporters in the past, how he handled the Duke Carolina game at Cameron Indoor. I, he's turned into a very unlikable human this this past year. Um, Tech is the favorite. One point. Yep. And I'll tell you what I think is interesting about the game. Uh, I, how the game gets called, like how it gets officiated, I think could be a heavy factor. Like if they let them play and let them play physical, I think Texas Tech wins the game. But if they're gonna if they're gonna be really stringent, call every little uh, every little contact, all the all the fouls, then I think it swings into Duke's favor. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I'm I'm hoping that. I got Which a bad, most of the tournament they've let them play. Yeah, I got a bad feeling that uh, they're not going to let Tech play that way tonight because of the Coach K story. I mean, seriously, I I mean, again, would it surprise you if that's the way that it's handled? Just no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't want to go conspiracy theory on it. But how do you how do you have that conversation? Is that just something that naturally happens with the officials, or does someone say something? 
Right, how, how would that even present itself? Coach K calls the NCAA office and demands it to be done. That's, what, that's how it happens. Is that going to be straight up? Is that going to be the most entertaining game of the night, or is it going to be Arkansas, Gonzaga, Michigan, Villanova, or Houston and Arizona? Tyler, I think every single one of those games has a chance to be awesome. I don't know what one. I it's probably not going to play out to where all four games are. Really tight, really exciting, come down to the last couple of possessions. It's probably not going to work out that way, but I honestly could see any one of them happen in that way. I don't know where the great game is going to be. I think Arkansas, uh, with what's his name, Note, has a chance if they can get he's, things rolling. He's always in Gonzaga. foul trouble, though. He's got to stay in foul trouble. He's a good player, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 Houston, that's another team. Houston, uh, Texas Tech are teams that would really favor a right. uh, a loosely called game, right? Well, they'd also favor being a tight game because yeah, I, I know Houston got blown out in the Final Four last year, but they're not really a team most of the time against a you know similarly ranked you know, ranked team. They're not going to blow you out. You're not going to blow them out. Same thing for Tech. So I would think Tech and Duke's going to be the most entertaining game of the night. Houston, Arizona probably going to come down to the final couple minutes as well. You think um, Houston making the Final Four last year, that like that experience factor, do you think that factors in at all? I don't know how it couldn't. Um, yeah. Actually, the BPI, the Basketball Power Index on ESPN, Arizona's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Houston's got a 60.5% chance that. to win, according to the BPI. That's interesting. Arizona yeah. lucky to beat TCU in the round of 32. Yeah, and, you know, having that one next to them is a lot of people are betting on that. So, yeah, man, it, I, I don't know. But I honestly, I think really both nights, tonight and tomorrow, the, the, the games are great. I think there's going to be three close games tonight. I do think that there's going to be one. I don't know if you want to call it a blowout, but I think it might be a double-digit win. No, I think Villanova's going to roll Michigan tonight. I think think Michigan's annoying run comes to an end tonight against Nova. Is this their third Sweet 16 in a row? Villanova or Michigan's? Michigan. Uh, I do not know that, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, I – I don't know. I think it's. I think it's interesting. I think. I think Tech. If Tech gets past Duke, they got a shot, man. They got a shot. They no, got a shot. No one has a better shot right now than KU, and I love all the pressure. They they got an easy. They got an easy road, man. I mean, come on. Providence yeah. is a good basketball team. But Providence, from here to the Final Four, is going to be your toughest game. You beat Providence, okay. Then you either beat a 10-seed Miami or an 11-seed Iowa State. There's been a lot of glorious KU collapses in the March Madness. Northern Iowa was great. Bucknell was great. Those are a couple of my favorites. But, man, if they have this wide open of a lane to the Final Four and they crotch the layup and miss to one of these three schools, it's going to feel really awesome. And you know what? Bill Self deserves it after all the crap that he's pulled here recently. Yeah, that's true. Now, um, there are some people that that say 
Miami's a pretty dangerous team. They are a dangerous team. I mean, they're not better than KU. Yeah. Well, that that really doesn't tell us anything, though. Rarely does Kansas lose to a team <laughs> in the tournament that is better <laughs> that, than them, that, right? That's true. That's kind of their kryptonite is teams that are worse than them. Right. Now, la- so. t- tonight's going to be awesome, man. Getting started at uh, your favorite time, by the way, 6.09 p.m. is when Woo! the Arkansas-Gonzaga game gets started. How about that? It's great. I'm going to be out there on first base, uh, first base coach, watching my phone, Please watching do. some basketball. Please do. Millennial. Yelling at uh, seven-year-olds. It's going to be great. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Our friends over at Rooftech, Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, handles the business there. They do a fantastic job, can handle any roofing needs, um, quick repairs or full-on replacements. Give the guys over at Rooftech a call. I'm sure everyone's seen the video of the truck down in Texas in the tornado that gets spun around, flipped over on its side, spun uh, around about two or three times and then lands back on the tires s- throws it in drive and takes off hauling uh hauling the mail down the highway they find out who the driver is it's a 16 year old kid tyler Ooh, wow seriously 16 year old kid awesome. Great and he skills. was he was on his way home from a job interview at whataburger how about that? <laughs> That's the video that I sent you a few nights ago, right? That you're referencing? Yes. yes. That's the craziest thing. If you haven't seen it, just imagine, and it's a frightful sight, imagine a giant tornado just throwing a truck around. I mean, it looks like something that would happen in the movie Twister, but it kept throwing the truck around. Finally, the truck lands on all four tires, and apparently this 16-year-old kid just <laughs> drives away. It, it, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so awesome but yeah 16 year old kid was on his way home from a job interview at whataburger awesome and i don't know if you saw this video or not but last night in the miami heat game during a timeout over on the heat bench there's like an argument that starts and it's between Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. And Eric Spolstra says, or Jimmy Butler says something to Eric Spolstra like, I don't know, like he's going to fight him, going to hit him or something. I don't know. You can see P.J. Tucker sitting on the bench next to Jimmy Butler and looks over to the side at someone with his mouth open like, oh, my God, I can't believe he just said that. And Haslam, Donis Haslam, who's standing up around the huddle, Here's the two and starts going in on Jimmy Butler. I it is, it is like a and then Spolstra it, it it carries on for like a minute, all the way out onto the court. The other team that they're playing, I don't even know who they were playing, but it's playing one the, of the craziest. They were playing uh, the Warriors. That's who they're playing. Is that who it was? Yeah, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, and I couldn't stop watching the video just to watch all the different people interacting through it. I thought that was crazy and. Man, I would love to be in the locker room when Haslam and Jimmy Butler crossed paths again to see what went down. Yeah, um, I guess I, I don't know if this is a fake 
quote or not, but this says, Jimmy Butler, Haslam told me I can't hang in his era with how I've been playing recently. <laughs> I told him and Spolstra they were only relevant because of Dwayne Wade. That's wow. funny. Yeah, that'll cause a fight, <laughs> you say that. Oh, that's funny. I don't think that's what it was, but uh, it was it was wild to watch it unfold. Pretty cool. And then the last one I've got, boy, it didn't take long, but there is a second grand jury, Tyler, yeah. that is convening to review evidence in the Deshaun Watson case, and uh, that jury will decide whether or not to uh, – to suggest a prosecution to move forward or not with uh, with a case. So that's interesting to watch, see what happens there. Yeah, it would be um, – I know everyone said that, but it would be pretty Browns if they get rid of Baker because that relationship's fractured now. Like, a ruling could come out on Deshaun Watson tomorrow. The relationship's so fractured, Baker can't be back there next year. Right. At least yeah, I there's no think. way. There's no way. So, I don't know. $18 million may make you uh, go back and, and play, right? That's true. <laughs> hey, I got a few, and the first one, I want to make it clear. I know that we always tend towards you know the lighter side of stories, and we tend to make fun of things. I'm really not making fun of this. I don't want to, to have that. I, I do think it's newsworthy, though. Uh, Abby Broyles, we all know the story about her that happened around a month ago or so. She right. has dropped out of the congressional race, and she is undergoing treatment. She got intoxicated and insulted young girls at a slumber party, and via the story in the Oklahoman, she said, quote, On the morning of March 2nd, I made the attempt to take my life, but thankfully, God had greater plans for me. I'm currently undergoing mental health treatments for severe anxiety and dependency on alcohol to cope, end quote. That's yeah, sad. I mean, that's that's sad and unfortunate. I I hope she uh, finds the help that she's looking for throughout this yeah. whole thing. You know, that's the thing. Um, life in the public eye is is a is a tough thing. You know, when things are going good and you got people backing you, it's all great. But whenever you have problems, you trip and fall. Everyone's there to see it, and unfortunately. It doesn't always bring out bring out the uh, the best in everyone. So yeah, that was a that was a whole that story was was crazy, and as it blew up, I started to get the like the kind of the feeling like man, this is a bad deal. Like and I get it, but I think it's I think it's too much. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, match made in heaven. Pepsi and IHOP have teamed up. What could go wrong? Pepsi and IHOP have teamed up for a limited edition. Pepsi Maple Syrup Cola. That's right. Pepsi is celebrating oh. pancake lovers everywhere with their latest limited edition flavor. There will be a Maple Syrup Cola as they partner with IHOP. It doesn't sound like it would be great. And I feel like most people drink Pepsi because it tastes like uh, Pepsi. You know, not maple syrup. But I could be wrong on that. Last one I have, Manny Machado, uh, star for the San Diego Padres, is under fire because he showed up to spring training wearing a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. So. Oh, no. Going to guess that doesn't go over very well in the uh, state of California if I had to guess. You can't do that. 
you you can do uh, you can have twenty two sexual assault cases against you. Um, you know you can do all kinds of things, but you cannot wear that T-shirt. That is that will be the end of it for Manny Machado. I right? expect uh, Manny Machado to uh, be cut here in a few days from the Padres. That's right. Wow. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on a Thursday. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens can do it all. Give them a call. 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Saw a clip of uh, Ted Roof talking about new defensive line transfer Jeffrey Johnson from Tulane. He played pretty well against OU last year. I feel like there's um, some expectations starting to build around him for next year. Do you know anything in particular about this kid and kind of, I mean, he's a defensive lineman, it's pretty straightforward, but how they plan to use him on the defense next year, if he's a big part of their plans, like where all that sits? Uh, I really don't. I don't, I haven't heard. Um, it, it wouldn't shock me. Now, uh, I guess I, I anticipate him being a a solid player. I guess what I'm trying I'm saying I don't I don't want to don't expect build. like all American status here. Yeah, that's I'm, fair. I, I'm not I'm not I don't want to build everyone's expectations of him up like to some crazy level. Uh, you know he he played well at, at Tulane. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be a tougher conference. He's going to face tougher offensive linemen day in, day out. Now, that should help bring up his level of play. But I don't know. I, you know, at this point, I'm expecting a a solid interior defensive lineman. Now, anything above that, I, I would say is going to be a bonus. Sure. I, yeah, I would take solid interior defensive lineman. If there's a defensive lineman that emerges this year that ends up being just super disruptive, the star of the group, one of the best defenders in the entire conference. It seems to me that that would be Jalen Redmond if, if, if that happens at all this year on the defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the stage is set for Redmond to have a, a breakout year. Um, new coach. New new system, I, you know. I, I think he's going to have plenty of opportunity. We'll see. The consistency and health have been factors for him. We'll see if he can he can put together a good solid season and and have some consistent play. We know that he can do it in in uh, in short little spurts. He's just got to be able to be you know more dependable, more consistent. There's some scuttlebutt on Jeffrey Johnson. Um, I mean, there's a, there's some scuttlebutt on a lot of guys. But someone I haven't heard in a long time, or at least in a while, what's what's going on with Danny Stutzman? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm guessing he's 
Not that it's, it's uh, quiet. It means he's doing poorly or bad or anything. I feel I feel like we we would hear if he's doing poorly, but I just I haven't heard anything about him, which is interesting. No, really, I haven't heard anything about anyone. Really, honestly, um, I did just read a tweet from Danny Stutzman that says his dad's Twitter account was hacked by a Nigerian prince, so he's asking everyone to please unfollow and block (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so um was it tattoo baker uh what was that tweet i'm sure you saw it that was referencing you to where oh yeah yeah, uh, let me pull that senior linebacker teddy layman jr tattoo baker it's what danny stutzman looks like in his new uh his new suit and tie pick for ou uh yeah that's (laughs) funny yeah i uh i saw that I think the inside backer is it's fascinating. Like I don't even know I don't even know like I don't know who I would even lean towards as the starters. I think I think Stutzman's got a a, a good shot at it. I think Deshaun White's got a good shot at it. I think Shane Witter has a shot. I think that I mean, you could you could maybe make a case for for some of the younger guys. I think that's more unlikely than anything. But I don't know, man. I think I think the competition inside backers honestly wide open. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from Newcastle Casino. We got the final hour next. <laughs> 